Cell is the leading distributor of radiotherapy patient positioning equipment and physics QA products for the UK and Ireland, supplying both the NHS and private sectors. We currently have a busy event schedule and will be attending many conferences in the next few months, including UKO and many of the regional study days. For a full list of where to meet us, please do get in touch. As well as our event schedule, we also have a busy product portfolio that has recently been updated to. This includes Sky Factory for state-of-the-art visual LED lighting. We have MyQA Ion and IonRT from IBA for automated patient-specific QA for photon, electron and proton radiotherapy. And we also have MR Box from our AI suppliers at Therapanacea, allowing AI-powered MR-only workflows for a more consistent and high-quality planning pathway. For SGRT, we have a vast range of open-faced thermoplastic masks, as well as surface-guided compatible clear bolus from ClearSight, preventing any risk of interference between the skin surface and your SGRT solution. And as always, do not hesitate to get in touch to discuss your product and service requirements with our friendly and knowledgeable team. Our account and clinical specialists are from a radiotherapy and physics background, and we are more than happy to chat about the clinical benefits and the workflow of all of our products. Hi, my name is Laura and I work at Convensys as a Partnerships Manager. Join us at the NHS Oncology Conference on the 6th of June 2023 in Manchester. We will open the debate on how the NHS is planning to lean on new models of delivery and innovation to help manage the current treatment backlogs and improve outcomes on a national scale. All tickets are free for the NHS to attend. To register for your free ticket, visit convensys.co.uk. Hello everyone and welcome to RadChat, the multi-award winning, the first therapeutic radiographer-led oncology podcast. Welcome to a bonus research episode. My name is Naman Joker Anderson and I'm joined by fellow host Joe McNamara. Hi everyone! So we're very pleased to introduce our guests today. So we've got Jessica Eaton and Dr Ian Simcock who will be discussing how to get the most out of a conference. Jessica, can we come to you first? Do you want to just tell us a bit about your current role and how you got there? Yeah, so um, I worked as a paediatric radiographer for... I think I'm coming up to my 10-year anniversary now, actually. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my specialist background. Um, and then I did a master's in research in 2019 at uh, King's College London. So that kind of prompted kind of my research background. Um, and then in 2021, I went on to apply for the NIHR PCAS scheme. Um, and I think it's really important to say that my first round, I wasn't successful because I think you know we all celebrate our successes but no one ever really kind of not a failure but you know a little step back in the career so I always try and slide that one in there that actually in research rejection is quite a big part of it um so then I picked that up again in 2022 um had some great reviewer comments to work on um put that in and was successful this year so this year I've been having funded time two days a week to put together a research project um, so that's looking at parents' experiences of suspected physical abuse examinations undertaken in the radiology department. So it's quite a big project. And then the rest of the time, um, I'm working as the superintendent of the x-ray department at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Sounds very busy. Thank you. Ian, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm the lead clinical academic radiographer at Great Ormond Street Hospital, and I'm uh, a diagnostic radiographer. And I've been qualified for over 25 years now, and I've worked in quite a wide range of specialities um, and countries. I worked in Australia for a while and obviously back in the UK and sort of specialised in MRI. And it was 
whilst I was looking and working in lots of these different departments, I really got interested in research and took on a research role uh, for about 10 years in oncology and MRI and CT. And that was really good. But I just got a little bit frustrated towards the end that I was helping everyone else do their research and not doing my own research. I've got all these skills. But I just felt like I needed to progress a little bit more. And at that time, there was a secondment to Great Ormond Street Hospital where I'd worked before and I'd had a really good time as an agency radiographer. And Professor Owen Arthurs put out a secondment for a radiographer to come in and to help him develop the post-mortem imaging. And that's where I uh, applied and was successful. And after a few months there, he also convinced me to apply for the NIHR funding to do my PhD, which was terrifying, but managed to get it and was successful uh, and have never looked back since, really. And that, that really launched my clinical academic career for the past five years. So I was funded through my PhD, and then I've also been funded in my postdoctoral work uh, now to sort of lead micro CT and develop novel um, clinical applications and also to help others to, to come through this clinical academic career pathway, really, uh, which I find really satisfying myself and hopefully can sort of influence others to take on that role. For anyone who's listening, Ian, what is NIHR? Oh, yeah. So it, we all use these acronyms all the time, don't we? Sorry. It's the National Institute for Health Research, and they're a body uh, who fund clinical work clinically impactful projects, but at the same time also want to develop the research leaders of the future to make sure that that work that we can do leads on to you becoming um, further in your professional doctoral career and onwards and afterwards into the postdoc. So that make sure that you can, you can lead that research as well as carry out those projects. So on the whole, how do you think people should prepare for a conference and get the most out of it, especially when maybe they are very interested in research? I think the key is is getting organised. I think it can be really scary when you first go to your first few conferences. Um, you would just assume that everyone else in the room is an expert and, and you know, has presented and published numerous times and you're there and you've, you don't know anyone. But I think it's really important just to be prepared. So even silly things like making sure you book a hotel near the conference centre to make things easier for in the morning and, and have a look round at um, places where you might be able to eat and the travel and that sort of thing. Just help you make sure that you, you know what to do when you get there. But equally, if you can look through the conference before and all the conferences now publish guides about what's going to be on and what topics and what presentations are there, you can often go on some apps on your phone and load in those sessions that you think are really useful for you to go to. But it's also important to not just book up your whole conference and think, right, from nine o'clock in the morning until six o'clock at night, I'm going to be in lectures and that's it. It's really important to leave some gaps in that so that you might be able to pop along to a session that you hadn't spotted before or is outside of your speciality that sounds really interesting. Um, and it's also important to leave those gaps so you can meet those people, which might be really important to, to connect with or to talk to or to have those conversations just around the around the water fountain or the, the coffee bar. Um, I think that's really useful. And I think especially with things like social media nowadays, it's really easy to start to interact with that conference before you get there. So follow the official um, Twitter handle or Facebook handles uh, so that they'll often put out who's speaking and there might be people that you hadn't realized were going or areas or expertise that you thought might be interesting. And that's that's really useful then to sort of just get yourself prepared before you arrive at the conference itself. 
Um, and I think I also used to sort of turn up and, and wonder what I was going to get out of it. And I think having some goals before you get there is really useful. So maybe that you're going to try and introduce yourself to three new people who you might not have talked to before, or you're going to go and maybe look up if the editor of a journal paper or a, a journal uh, is there that you can perhaps go and speak to, or maybe go and meet you guys from Rad Chat, or you know something that pushes you outside of your comfort zone is really helpful to just push yourself at the at, at, um, at these conferences. But at the same time, it's really important to give yourself achievable goals. So make sure you go around the industry section or or make sure that you interact on the app that they've set up and things like that so that you can make yourself feel good. But there's also some blue sky goals that you can really, really reach for, I think is, is quite helpful. Do you remember the first conference you ever went to? Goodness, yes, I do. And I stood there thinking everybody else knew everybody else in the room. And I was the one person standing with my rucksack on my back and my new pen and paper thinking, who am I in this? What am I doing here? Uh, and I really, really umdenard for about half an hour, an hour as to whether I should talk to anyone and eventually sidled up to a poster and sort of just introduced myself to the to the author. And, and the nerves were going through me. But actually, I got so much out of it by making myself because as soon as you talk to that first person they're also like oh, do you want to get a cup of tea or oh, it's hot in here or what session are you going to next whatever and then you start you start those conversations that really lead on to things and I, I I still know that person and have interacted that person in in future conferences you know that that we go to and it's a bit of a standing joke you know that um, we met at, at their poster five six years ago so I do I remember it very well <laughs> <laughs> it's so true it's like I remember my first one I think it was two years ago now and I remember speaking to Ian the night before actually and being like oh I'm feeling really nervous and when I got there it feels like the first day at school like Ian said you don't know anyone you just feel like you stick out like a sore thumb but actually there's hundreds of other people in the room who probably feel exactly the same as you and it's just having that confidence to pluck up the courage and be like hi and then you know the conversation starts rolling you all have similar interests you all have research interests and actually there's so much you all have in common but it's just about making that first move and getting rid of that imposter syndrome because in the back of your mind you're thinking no one's going to want to speak to me why are all these big wigs going to want to speak to me but actually you know since i've kind of started my research career i have not come across one person who's said that to me so you know it's just about brushing that away and being brave so do you think jess you've got like conference friends now it's people you know on twitter conference only see friends. a conference <laughs> so my yeah, my so other true. half she did a phd and she said as soon as you go to your first conference you'll get through the nerves and you just have conference friends that you see in different places across the world and that's it you don't see them anywhere else yeah it's so true i remember i think ian again said to me okay join twitter before you go and i was thinking this is so dweeby but actually there's so many people that you meet and it's, it is a great way to meet people because you'll recognize people and then you'll get to know their research interests and then you'll be like oh you're the so-and-so you're doing this project and i'm doing something similar and you know it's again tapping into that preparation before you go and yeah it's like speed dating but for research people isn't it <laughs> speed dating <laughs> you might be setting people up for a bit of a yeah. if they go thinking i'm gonna meet the love of my life well, you never know i'd love to know if there's anyone you'll have to tweet us uh, or uh, messenger us if uh, if you've met the love my geography is very don't tell my husband he won't let me go <laughs> 
I do I do think though conferences are brilliant now as well because there is more of a student community. I think um certainly when I was training there were a couple of us that might have gone to a conference just because we were slightly geeky and wanted to push ourselves out of our comfort zones. But traditionally, students weren't included within some of the more professional conferences. Whereas now, it's bread and butter for students, and especially with lower rates and uh, free entrance and access to online hybrid conferences. It's brilliant, isn't it, from that perspective? Yeah, I think um, just having it there is kind of, it's kind of expected now, isn't it? Like if you don't go, it, it's strange. Whereas I know people kind of in my cohort back from university, I say to them like, you know, oh, it'll be a great chance to everyone to meet up. Why don't you come? And there's still kind of that from the older generation that's in the sense that, oh, I don't know if I belong there. But of course you do. You're a radiographer. Everyone's welcome. I think it's also helpful as well, isn't it, with social media? There's that whole tapping on the shoulder, like I said, and trying to talk to someone. But actually you can sort of tap them on the show so tap them on the shoulder virtually before you get there on social media and say oh it'd be really interesting to catch up would you like a cup of tea and I've had people interact with me and and meet up for a for a drink or something during the conference and that's really helpful as well just to get over those first few nerves that you feel like you know people before you before you get there I've certainly written papers and this was during COVID time written papers with people who I'd never met in person and then the first time we met was in Vienna at ECR and we sat next to each other in the lecture and I was like seems a bit weird doesn't it we only ever meet virtually and here we are you know in the in person type thing chatting and things so it's it is um it is really helpful those social media inter- interactions before you get there to um, to make contacts really. So Jess, conferences are very exciting. How would you navigate getting there and, and getting involved with the days? Well, get I think getting there is actually quite a big deal for a lot of people. Um, I think, you know, we take for granted travel these days. And actually, I went to my first international conference a few weeks ago at ECR. Um, and I was really in- excited until I went to book my flights. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be flying from Heathrow by myself. And then what am I going to do when I get off at the other side? And just silly things that actually you take for granted when, you know, whenever I travel, it's usually just to go on holiday with friends or family. So actually I've never travelled by myself. So it, that was a bit of a shock. So I think just having the self-confidence, like, you know, you, you can do it. And actually once you get there, you, you don't think twice about it. It's just kind of hyping it up in your mind before you go and making it into a, a bigger deal than it actually is. Um, but yeah, like Ian said, like, you know, there's, so many apps and stuff now available like I remember looking up the Vienna kind of underground before I went so I knew how to do it and what to do and yeah it just makes it a lot easier when you get there. What do you like most about the daytime and that conference? I think that's kind of changed as I've kind of gone to different conferences and kind of Ian and I were chatting about this previously like how when I first ever went to my first one it was kind of all about going to the lectures and, you know, I spent hours beforehand ticking off on the app. Yeah, I want to go to this lecture, this lecture and this lecture. But then actually, as I developed my own research interests and my own research project, it became more about meeting people and the networking and actually meeting people who had gone through similar problems in research. Like, for example, you know, I'm trying to put together a patient involvement group at the minute, like the logistics of doing something like that. I've never done that before. And actually the best way to learn is through other people's experiences, other people's mistakes. So I remember having kind of an hour long conversation with a really experienced researcher um, in radiography who had done all that. And the kind of the key take home points were far but greater than anything I would have read online or, you know, read in a textbook. So, yeah, I think as you progress and the more you go to, you start to get diff- more different things out of the conferences. I know Ian's probably 
better to speak on that kind of from an advanced research role what he gets out of it as well yeah i i think um i definitely get stuff out of the scientific program and and, and certainly that's that was something that you do all the way through but i now that sort of tapping people on the shoulder is the main bit that I go for and the interacting and the networking. I really enjoy that. And and as we say, you have these conference friends who you know from previous conferences and you always get together for a drink or a cup of tea. But also I quite enjoy now and I was really I was really pleased and, and benefited hugely from my supervisor when I was doing my PhD who took me under their wing at conferences and took me around and introduced me to people and said, Oh, this is Ian, he's doing this, you should really speak to him or and, and you know, introduce me to people from the society or from journal papers or in my speciality who I would never have thought of approaching because they're some high ranking professor, as you think, and I they don't want to hear what I've got to say. So that was really, really interesting. And I try to do that out to people that I go to conference with because I know people that I can introduce them to and, and, and help out with that because that's such a nice way to get a leg up. And it's a really nice thing to do for other people as well. Um, so I, I try now to have sort of plans that I'm going to meet some people, but also that I'm going to introduce certain people to others' contacts whilst I'm there um, to really help their career as well as mine, because I see that as a really big part of my career to help people get a leg up on the research ladder, really. So one thing you both haven't said is all the freebies. I mean, I definitely go for some pens, free food, you know, anything I can do. I need to put that out there. It's less now, though, Numbin, with the environmental considerations... They need to consider what freebies they're getting. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? The uh, the society um, exhibition was very popular last year because they had free pick and mix there, and that was definitely a very big selling point for the Society of College of Radiographers. They were very popular during that. Everyone was going around with a little pink and white uh, striped bags of sweets or whatever. <laughs> and obviously, and I'm still... we had an exercise bike in the pod box for Radiotherapy UK, so you could eat your sweets and then burn off that additional energy. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And actually, going around those industry programmes is really interesting. Of course, we've all got our own specialities that we work in, and we're really keen on a particular piece of kit that you go and speak to. But I quite like going around those industry sections with people who don't work in my area, because then they'll introduce me to someone who is a piece of kit who I have nothing, no sort of knowledge of, but then you start to chat to them. A, you can also get extra pens. But at the same time, you pick up those little tidbits of information about those other specialities and those connections that sometimes are really useful and really important to, to make um, outside of your own comfort zone. So so that's really helpful going around with people who, who you wouldn't necessarily know at these conferences. And Jess, do you think, I'm just thinking for anyone who might have some kind of interest in research but doesn't know how to go to a conference, so I know sometimes to get funding to go to a conference, to be able to go to all these lectures and exhibitions, you need to have submitted something. But is that always the case? No, I don't think so. Um, I know kind of our research lead always encourages us to submit something because, you know, we need to get our names out there, get our department out there. And, you know, that's all a bonus. But actually, if it's your first time and, you know, you think just going to the conference itself is daunting enough and then having to put a piece of work in um is too much then no of course not um but i think funding is a, a huge thing and i know the society have done loads of things recently trying to push you know funding for people and you know the nhs money's tight at the minute so i think a lot of people who are wanting to go and you know go to their heads of department maybe there's not the budget there at the moment and actually if that's something that you really want to do i think looking outside of your department which 
a lot of people probably don't know about is really important. You know, there's the um, Society Funding for UKIO this year, and I think they did a great job this year of really pushing that. It was all over the internet, you know, everyone kind of knew about it. Um, and that's probably allowed people who wouldn't have been able to go otherwise because, you know, you look, you go on the website, you have a look, that's what most people do when they want to find out about something. You see £180, £200 conference ring, think, oh my God, that's not accessible to me at all. But just to kind of push, put it out there, put a plug in there that, you know, you don't have to pay for it yourself. No, you know, there's funding streams out there to encourage people to go. I think it's really good as well that if you're a member of the Society of Radiographers that that UKIO Wednesday is free to attend, that you can go in and listen to the lectures and, and go into the industry hall. And that's really great to give people that little taster that they could just go for the day if they're close enough, look around and then get inspired the next year to 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 put something in or put an abstract in. We all do this brilliant work in our clinical areas every day. And I think sometimes we get really blasé about it that actually oh, it's just work. It's just what we do. But not everyone knows about that stuff. And I think it's really important that we get that stuff out there. You don't have to be the most polished presenter at speaking or at writing abstracts. You, know, you can get help and get some other people in your department or who you know have, have published before to help you write this. And we've got to get over as radiographers and therapy radiographers, we've got to get over this whole barrier of it's it's not for us. It definitely is for us. And we need to push this evidence-based practice and research that is our is our domain really and it, we're the experts in it because we do it on a daily basis so um, so being able to attend one day for free and then to inspire you to put something in for next year i think is a really important move by ukio and the yeah. sl yeah definitely. i think that's a really important point ian is that you know you look for people who are more experienced than you to help you like i'm very fortunate i have ian i have you know professor owen artists in our department who's really pushed radio for research but actually, we need to remember there's a lot of people out there who don't have that. They don't have that infrastructure. Maybe they don't have consultants who are, you know, willing to put their extra time into them. So I think if you're in that position, look outside your department, you know, go on Twitter, go on the Society of Radiographers. There's a list of research radiographers on there who would never say no to you. And actually, we want to actively encourage you to put stuff in. And actually, if you need someone to just read an abstract through, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there who have fantastic ideas, but actually... Maybe the last time they wrote something was, you know, 15 years ago at university. And, you know, those kind of skills that, you know, like referencing, it becomes quite intimidating. So actually just having someone there to read it through with you to, you know, not hold your hand, but support you and say, you know, you've got this and show you how to reference again. You know, it's not difficult. And, you know, it takes five minutes of someone's time, but actually can make a huge difference to someone putting a piece of work in or not putting it in. I would say as well, reach out to your local HEIs because there are lots of academics that might co-author things. So you're doing, obviously, the research and the clinical aspects of it, but we have a lot of pressure on us to be able to make sure that we're publishing and supporting future researchers. So actually reaching out to local HEIs to support you in those initial early stages of your research career can be really beneficial as well. Um, And I also think as well that it sometimes can be about that networking and the opportunities to collaborate So I know I've certainly sat in the audience of a conference going, this is amazing. And it was very diagnostic driven. And I thought we need to do this piece of research in therapeutic radiography. And it is about having those conversations to go, I know you've done this piece of work and you are absolutely like, I'm not doing anything else for a while. However, have you considered? And they may then collaborate with you and be a co-author in similar research but in maybe another area and that opportunity is amazing isn't it when it comes through from from a conference interaction 
I, I certainly went to ECR this year and after we'd after hearing uh, a couple of people speak, we then sat in the audience myself and these two other people and sketched out a journal paper that we were going to write in this next year and we were like this this has to happen like so it it does create those opportunities and you can get inspired no matter how experienced you are to then to then put that work into practice and that, that work into um, into publication so it's it's really helpful i think i think the other thing that is is difficult at conferences is asking questions as well and i think that that takes quite a bit of confidence and is not necessarily something that everyone will want to do but just you know somehow approach the speakers even if it's just after they've spoken because they always love to speak to people about their research so if you don't want to ask a question you don't feel like you want to stand up to the microphone just approach them at the end of the of their talk and uh, and they all will hang around waiting to speak to people and to make those connections is really important even if it's just oh, i've read your work or can we get in touch or can i follow you on twitter all those things just start little Little interactions can make all the difference in the future for your career. So go and speak to people, definitely. Oh, Ian, I think we need to talk about this microphone a bit more. I remember my first, I thought, you know what, I'm going to pluck up the courage. I'm going to ask a question. I thought, you know what, you just put your hand up. It's like school. You know, I can hide a little bit. No one will see me. I'm sat right at the back. And the guy was like, yeah, come up to the microphone. And I was thinking, oh, my God, it's on the stage. You didn't pre-warn me of this. I would not have put my hand up if you said I had to go stand at the microphone. But I did it. And actually... You forget about everyone else around you. Like, it's absolutely terrifying. But then it's just a conversation between you know you and the author and other people chip in. And I think it's a great way of getting conversation started and you know makes the lectures a bit more interesting, doesn't it? See, Jess, you need to come to my conferences because when we did the first ever LT Rap conference, uh, we had a microphone box that we threw to people. So you basically had to be ready and a good catcher, um, <laughs> as well as obviously having the confidence to ask your question. No, I would have failed at that one. Maybe I'll stand up to the mic. It would have hit someone in the head otherwise. <laughs> I think both of you have also highlighted a really nice thing around mentorship. So my first ever conference was UKIO uh, a long time ago, but Simon Goldsworthy, who was our re principal researcher, was putting some research in and just said, do you want to put your name on it and you can go because I can't go? And then got involved with the research and it stemmed from there. And that's really nice. That's a way for junior kind of members of staff to get involved with it and get to experience fully funded um, like conference, which was, yeah, it was amazing. Definitely. I think I think also um, if you do go and you are inspired to put something in, telling people that you want to do that, speaking to those other researchers who are in your department or you might have contacted, because it's great, isn't it? Once you tell someone that you're going to do something, then you feel like you have to do it and you're a bit more empowered. If you just keep it up here in your head, we're all terrible about putting it off for the next week and oh, I'll do it next year, I'll do it next year. So it's it's really good that to get that inspiration and then tell people that you're going to do it so that they can help you and mentor you through it. And also you're going to be more likely to do it because you've, you've put it out there type thing. Um, I, I also think that a lot of people when they visit their first conference feel that they've got to be there all the time, you know, from eight in the morning till six at night and everything's got to be booked up. I, I really think and I really feel strongly it's good to get time away as well. So whether it's to just walk out and go and get a coffee somewhere for half an hour or to have a break and get some fresh air, actually it can make you just have a little bit of think about what you've 
listened to or what you've spoken to people about and then go in and be reinvigorated because if you're going for a three-day conference and you're in there all three days it's really hard work actually and it's time I know my kids joke that I uh, I go off on holiday to my conferences and they want me to show them around the, the hotel rooms I'm staying in and all this business and uh, and I joke now and I just write them as holidays on the on the uh, on the calendar but but it's not a holiday and it is hard work it's really enjoyable but it is it is you know it is work type thing so it's important to make sure you put in those breaks and look after yourself while you're there as fun as it is it's tiring definitely yeah I laugh that you say that because my husband and I have just had a conversation because he said oh I think I might go to Oslo in the half term with Noah I'm like uh why aren't I coming and he's like you get enough holidays I'm like are you talking about the conferences that I go to I was like they are not holidays absolutely not (laughs) I started doing a thing now where I book a day of annual leave when I get back I'm so like you are mentally drained like speaking to like you know we work in clinic like clinical environments we're used to speaking to people but I get really tired afterwards I always try and kind of have a little bit of maybe half a day at home just to you know unpack relax and then get back to the daily grind well it's the socializing as well aspect of it as well isn't it couple of few late nights that we're not used to um can I ask you both I'll start with you Jess what advice would you give to someone who's a first-time presenter um, because obviously being on the flip side and being in front of a lectern on a stage potentially being filmed and recorded you know a lot of our a lot of our pre- presentations now are there for years and years afterwards you know what advice would you give um I think actually I'm gonna steal Ian's advice sorry Ian <laughs> this is what he gave to me on my first one um and I, I think I put it on Twitter actually a few weeks ago for another lady who was you know expressed pre-conference nerves her first presentation and so Ian said to me go there early in the morning the room will probably be empty make friends with the invigilators so the people on the computers at the back they're going to be your best friends if anything goes wrong you just stare at them and they'll come and help you so it's nice to kind of know them beforehand um go stand on the stage there'll be no one else in the room i just took my one little friend with me um and i ran through my presentation the invigilator actually was sat having a coffee and he was like oh, do you want me to put your presentation on the screen for you which was really nice um it's just getting used to standing on that stage you know i've never done it before you know so actually just getting used to the feeling of you know all those they were empty seats but actually just getting used to the feeling of you know being up on stage like where the screen is how to use kind of the powerpoint on the pc and just in a a nice calm environment i think really helped me i think um I think it's also about practice as well. I think we all have the idea, don't we, that people who do this on a regular basis just turn up with no preparation, belt out their talk and then walk off the stage to mass applause. Actually, it takes a lot of work. However many of these presentations you do, you still have to practice and and speak it, whatever. And my kids, I know, get bored of hearing me constantly going over my presentations in the room next door. You know, I I hear after a few minutes, they just shut the door and like, oh, God, he's going on again type thing. But it is just about practice. That's what makes perfect, isn't it, type thing, because we all want to do a good job. So just being prepared. And I also always think that somebody told me once that, However much you practice your talk, just really rely on those first few sentences. Because once you get those first few sentences out of the way, you're often into your flow and you know your stuff and you're the expert. So um, so that's quite nice. And also remember that you're on that stage because you are the expert. No one else has done that work. You've been asked to speak on it. So whatever questions come, they'll usually be fairly 
easy for you to answer because you know your stuff better than anyone else. So so don't worry about it. You know, in, invite that sort of interaction, and uh, and then and then it's a real buzz when you step off that stage and you've and you've given your presentation and it's gone well and it will always go well. We're pretty good audience as radiographers, aren't we? We're not we're not a hard audience to speak to. Actually, it's a great thing to do and, it, and it's fantastic CPD and it's fantastic for your career and it can lead on to lots of things. So, so definitely take the plunge and put something in for a conference if you can and just just practice. That's the, that's the best thing I can say. I'd say as well, just having some experience of very short presentation times, you know, at some of them, it is two minutes. Like I sometimes think this is a year long piece of work and you want me to tell you what I did in two minutes. It's absolutely crazy. But I, I think sometimes people don't want to rely on a script because they're like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have to. But for some of those very short presentations, you know, I applaud people that can can feel comfortable enough to rely on the script because actually to be really clear and concise, absolutely sometimes having a script and sticking to that so you get all those key points is really, really important. No, definitely. And I guess you don't have to go like, you know, you don't have to go full whammy into a massive conference straight away. Like, actually those small baby steps at the start like the more you do it the more practice you do the better you get so any opportunity you know like even in your department like a small audit meeting or just five of you ten of you like you don't want to if someone said to you do you want to present today but no one would say yes because no one you know it's scary but actually take those opportunities be a yes person do as many as you can and the more you do the better you get Um, so both of you, how do you manage the come down from a conference? Because I certainly know it's almost like going to Glastonbury. So every every time Glasto's on, enjoy Glastonbury. I've lived my best life. I've still got glitter absolutely everywhere in every crevice. And then I feel really sad for the next three days. How do you manage that come down? But also thinking professionally, how do you manage kind of essentially your to-do list following the conference? Um, I, I um, always walk around the conference with a pen and paper. So I just make notes on, on things that I've seen or things that might be interesting. The, the beauty, of course, nowadays is that most of the conference is online afterwards. So you can always go back and get the real nitty gritty points if you need to. But it's really helpful just to make those points that you want to implement into your clinical practice. And I try and make two or three points that I think would be interesting either for me to implement into my clinical practice or to take home to somebody else who might be in the department and go, oh, there's a really good talk you should listen to on this particular MRI technique or this particular general's technique. And I think that can be really helpful then to get other people in the department to realize what they can get out of a conference. The other point is I always try to make a note of stuff that I think I should present next year. So if I've listened to a particular topic and I think, you know, I could take that on and really run with that, then I will write an idea down for an abstract or um, a poster for the next time and, and and make that so that I'm already planning for the next year ahead. I've sort of got a to-do list before you get home because you're really inspired on the train as you, as you head home. And then it's really difficult, isn't it, come the following Monday when you're going back into your clinical practice and your work and all the usual pressures of getting the kids to school or, you know, the train's running late. Actually, the conference goes out the window. So to try and plan ahead and make those notes um, and then, like I've said before, really, actually telling people that you're going to do it early doors, getting those people on side and then just starting almost literally the week after you get back to your conference, starting writing stuff, because then you'll have it in your head. 
the conference abstracts that you read or the posters that were really good so that you can do stuff about it really i think is is really helpful the the other thing i think is if somebody has funded you to go your manager or the society or whoever it is it's really important to go back to them and say what you got out of it so they don't just think that you went on the jolly we all like we've said it, it's hard work it's enjoyable but it's tough as well but it's really important that the departments and our, our professions talk to different people around the world and, and uh, the country to get the best practice so if you go back to your manager and infuse and say wow we did this there's this potential we could implement or or that good idea actually they can see the positive nature as well of, of the conference and then you can put it into your your um, appraisal for next year or your cpd and so on it grows it's not just forgotten about funding i think is really is really important jess i don't know i'm sure you've got stuff to add as well yeah, so I'm a, I'm a more, I'm not a pen and paper person. So people always think I'm really rude because in the middle I'll be like typing notes on my phone and you know I'll be sat in the front row and I'll be typing. People must think I'm just texting my mum or something. But um, I always kind of have a list of things on my phone or if I take my laptop and I always kind of try to utilise the travel time. I think really like my brain works overdrive when I'm travelling. So if I'm on a train or a plane or whatever, I'll use that time to either write things up or usually I kind of find like when I'm waiting for my train or whatever um I'll start sending emails on my phone so then I know okay I've made contact with that person that's done it's not something I need to think about when I get back and actually it's at the top of their inbox so when they get back they're like oh there's Jess and yep I'll reply to that and then that's how it, the work starts going and actually you know instead of it just kind of drifting off and you forget about it and then nothing ever happens so yeah def definitely utilize the travel time I always use my phone because I can just email myself and yeah, it's it's just easy because you can email it to work and then you know who you need to email when you've got back from a conference. So it's just sna snappy. That's my excuse anyway. Yeah, yeah. Pen and paper is too old fashioned for me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <I don't... clears throat> yeah. And I think, you know, making those contacts is really important, isn't it? You know, like you want, pe you want people to remember you and you want people to want to work with you and, you know, that's how yeah. you get the ball rolling, isn't it? Can I, can I give one piece of advice as well, just in terms of networking? Obviously, it's slightly different for a rad chat because we've got like business cards and things, but actually even creating your own QR code with your contact mm. details can be really beneficial um, for you as a delegate if you know you want to try and reach out to people so that you can literally just go, here you go, just take a picture of my QR code um, and then you can deal with it later. But that can sometimes work really well as well. Yeah, that's a really good idea, Joe. Actually, I I have got a business card, but I haven't got a QR code business card, so I'm going to do that. That's a really good a really good tip. Thank you. I didn't know you had a business card. I never got a copy. Well, he's going to give you the business card 2.0 <laughs> with the QR code on it now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. The the updated version now. <laughs> oh, well, obviously, Ian, you came to the pod box um, in 2022. If I got that right. Yeah, this is 2023. Uh, this will be released just before UKIO, but it's something obviously will be there again in a few weeks' time. So Jess, you need to come in and have a chat face-to-face, -face. but exactly as we kind of hope, I suppose, going into this episode was what people can maybe take from this and then bring into the pod box and maybe reflect, but would you both be happy if people started to reach out to you on Twitter? Definitely. Yeah, of course. No, that, that would be lovely. I'd, I'd, I'd love people to, to reach out with us. And I'll be at UKIO. I'm presenting 
three times I'm presenting a research study that I've got there about micro CT. I'm also speaking at the doctoral den, which is a great event. And I'd love to publicize that actually from the Society and College of Radiographers about people doing PhDs and the different journeys you can do through your doctorate. Um, and then I'm also speaking for Radiography Journal as well on the Wednesday. So so please come along and speak to me at any of those options. Or if you see me walking around the conference, it'd be great. Tap me on the shoulder. I'd love to have a chat with you about um, about whether you found any of our tips useful or if you've got your own tips and uh, something I can learn from. That would be fantastic. Jess, what's your Twitter handle so people listening can follow you right now? My Twitter handle is J-E Minhas, M-I-N-H-A-S. Ian. It's uh, at uh, Ian, so I-A-N, and then underscore Simcock, S-I-M-C-O-C-K. There you go. If you're listening, coming to UKO for the first time, you've got two friends already to go and stalk. Perfect. Tap on the shoulder. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, both of you, for coming on. Really invaluable tips. Um, and yeah, look, look forward to catching up at UKO soon. Um, come to the pod box. I know on the usually on the first night is an industry night. So if you are getting there, um, there's usually lots of beverages. <laughs> I just remember that from last year. Yeah, that, yeah that's <laughs> where we have our best that. conversations, isn't it? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We just... Where we're speaking for the doctoral den, you have to go past the beers and the wines to come and listen to the doctoral den. But the beauty of it is you can bring your beer or your wine into the doctoral den and listen to me with alcohol. So that's always helpful for you uh, when you're listening to me, definitely. But no, come along to that. It's a really good event on Monday night uh, where it's the industry event, so for sure. Perfect. Well, yeah, thank you so much, both of you, for coming on. Obviously, for us with Radchat, come and see us in the pod box. Follow us at, at Radchat. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. So, your hosts today have been Norman Shokranson and Joe McNamara. Uh, if you're utilising this podcast for CPD purposes, consider the reflective questions posted, along with the links to resources and literature we've discussed. To receive your credit to CPD certificate, please complete the Google form link to the podcast. Um, so, thank you for listening and take care.